You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. On today's installment of The College Loop, four-star offensive tackle Jaquan McCroy has been crystal balled to Auburn. We'll break that down, talk about his chances of joining Hugh Freeze and company on the Plains. We also talk a little bit about potential 1,000-yard receivers for the Tigers in 2023. Men's basketball, we got a lot there. Chance Westry and Johan Treor are headed to the transfer portal, but Trey Donaldson is locked in. We'll discuss who's in, who's out, and who could be joining the Tigers in 23-24, to 24, not to mention Aiden Holloway. Absolutely balled out of the McDonald's All-American game. On the other side of the the hardwood, honestly, Scott Grayson is running it back at Auburn. She's going to be returning to Coach Jay's program in 2023-24. Gymnastics has got their first round of NCAA Regionals. Daniel Locke's got your preview with that. Baseball took care of business in a big-time fashion over UNA, and we've got a series preview over the Florida Gators. Softball took care of business absolutely dominant over Samford in Birmingham on Wednesday, and we will preview their series against Ole Miss. All this and more right here, so don't go anywhere. Don't change anything. You're listening to The College Loop, and this episode is jam-packed. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 42 of the College Loop Podcast, and we're all in our MLB gear, getting ready for opening day, which starts today as this is coming out, where my Dodgers will be taking on the Diamondbacks. So, <laughs> Alex Barker, uh, keep your head in the swivel if we uh, run rule, y'all. But, yeah. There's Carl, not a run rule. There will be. There will <laughs> Casual be. Casual as hell. There will be. There will be. <laughs> hey, hey, Daniel, did your teammate playoff luster? Bro, you don't have a ring that's not a Mickey hey, Mouse. Hey, 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 did, your, did your teammate play last year? You don't have a ring that's legit. Hey, hey, Harris Tar, how you doing, buddy? I am doing well. It's I, I wanted to throw this in there. It's pretty cool that episode 42 falls on MLB opening day. That's yeah. that's pretty, pretty damn neat, guys. And we did not plan this at all. But uh, that, that, I called that. <laughs> you did. You did text me this morning. You said episode 42 on MLB opening day. I was like, that is so damn cool, man. And it's pretty fitting that Dylan gets to bring us in wearing his Dodgers gear, a fitting tribute to the man himself, Jackie Robinson, who broke the color barrier in Georgia at the ballpark. I work out on my day job. Uh, so that's pretty freaking cool. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for MLB opening day. Braves taking on the Nationals today. My boy Max Reed about to carve up some 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 Nats players and and uh, hopefully go 162 and 0 this year. Certainly going to happen and uh, try try to win the East again. Daniel, how are you, my man? <laughs> so uh, hyped again. Best since, day of the year. Let's since y'all go. could also see that while listening, uh, Daniel stood up with his Boston Red Sox flag. If you <laughs> did not, if you couldn't see that through Spotify, that's what happened. Daniel, uh, go ahead. So, so, so excited. You know, last year wasn't great. The year before that, we made a run to the ALCS and won two games against the Yankees. There's someone specific that's going to hear that, that I'm not going to name names. They know who they are when they hear it. But your team sucks. My team's amazing. And we're back and better than ever with the one and only Justin Turner at third base. How about that? That's that's a, a sight to be seen. The and red man and the red Sox. That's Turner. right. 
I'm and my sure boy Trevor Story ourselves. hanging out there in the middle infield for you guys. Super fun that we've got, we've got three different teams represented here on opening day, but now we're all talking about one team. We're talking about Auburn, and we're talking about Jaquan McCroy, four-star offensive tackle. Crystal ball, Dylan, I know you've been manifesting this one, and we think he's a heavy – I also would agree a heavy Auburn lean – he was crystal ball by Caleb Benson, who is 58 of 63 on crystal balls, an independent recruiting analyst that he will be heading to the Plains. He's a class of 2024, already a four-star, real big potential to be a five-star by the time this thing's all said and done. And it sounds like a commitment's coming kind of soon. Dylan, how big would this be to add this to the class of 2024? It'd be about as big as Jaquan McCroy. Uh, coming in at six foot eight, a hundred, uh, not hundred, 365 pounds, this dude is not even 18 yet. Not 18. This kid just learned how to drive last year, and Duke could barely fit in the daggum car. That's how big this is. Uh, you look at it, four-star can probably become a five-star just because his film alone is going to be wild. It's nutty. I got to be honest. I would hate to be the defensive end, edge rusher, linebacker that has to blitz on his side because a boy that big – uh, it's going to be really hard to get around them. Uh, it's going to be really hard to get through them. Uh, it's going to be really hard to get past them in general. And that's why, I mean, I think he's going to be a day one starter when he gets on the planes. Uh, that's how huge of a, of a prospect I've seen him as of late. And I mean, six foot eight, 365 pounds is kind of hard not to get a little hyped up about. Are we prepared to make the collaborative or collective college loop crystal ball of Daquan McCroy to Auburn? Are we, I don't think I'm there yet. I think I need a couple a couple more reports and need to see a couple more things. I think he's a heavy Auburn lean, but I don't think I'm ready yet. We're, I don't think we're ready to make that crystal ball yet. I mean, I might be. Uh, All right, so Dylan's not ready. Daniel, be logical with me. We can wait a couple weeks on this one. Yeah, we, we can wait. Um, You can always wait. Um, <laughs> in our shoes, you can always wait. Because it's better to get these right than get these wrong. Right. Um, because the guys who get these things wrong just get clowned. Like, I don't think Jason Caldwell's recovered yet from what happened to him on early signing day at the hands of Tony Mitchell. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll back off for for a look, uh, maybe maybe another month or so. We'll 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 hear we'll we'll talk to some people and see what we're hearing. Let's keep moving and talking about football, moving and grooving here. Dylan's got a little bit of Auburn history for you before we get into this next conversation. Dylan, the last time Auburn had a thousand yard receiver was not in this century, but the closest we've gotten is three yards out of it. Uh, 2009, uh, if you're a huge Auburn fan, uh, your entire life, like I was, uh, Darvin Adams was the last potential thousand yard receiver Auburn had when he got 997 yards. And it, it's sad that that's the last time Auburn even got that close. And since I've been alive, Auburn has not seen a thousand yard receiver. Uh, the, you've had guys come in. You have had your Kyle Davises. You've had your Duke Williamses. You've had uh, Kobe Hudson got close. Seth Williams got close. All these Seth guys, Will. all these guys are really close. I mean, uh, closest Seth Williams got was 830 yards. That's still nothing to shrug at. <laughs> yeah, it, it's still a really good season. Uh, but Auburn has just narrowly been missing out on those thousand yard receivers. They've had the three thousand yard passers. They've had the thousand yard rushers. They've had further beyond beyond a thousand yards i mean cam newton uh threw for 2500 and rushed for a thousand same season uh and we've seen talent like that come through right now i think this is with the hugh free system in place i think this really sets up some of these guys to finally hit that threshold if not this year maybe next year i mean it's got to come soon uh because 
you've uh, these I, every other team has had one at this point, except sure. for Auburn. I mean, even Vanderbilt was getting close to one last year. That leads me into my question, fellas, and and I wanted to ask you guys real quick: Does the Hugh Freeze offense have the potential to produce a one thousand yard receiver in twenty twenty three? With whoever's playing quarterback, whether that be Robbie Ashford, Holden Jariner, we've been that's been the the buzzword of the week is Holden Jariner. Is there a receiver on this roster that can eclipse a thousand yards this year? And if so, what is his name? Daniel, would you like to lead this one off? Or you want me to toss one to this one to Dylan first? Mm-hmm. You know what? Let's just keep it here with the Sox fan. You know, um, <laughs> a guy that I've been super high on. Um, I Tar agrees. Dylan, I don't know your stance on him. He probably said I just forgot. I love Landon King, and I think that he has a lot of talent. And there are certain people from the state of Idaho that just kind of like to be home wreckers in a way and just kind of ruin <laughs> your fun and just don't make logical decisions. And I think that's why we haven't seen Landon King on the field much these last two years. Is I just think he got in the doghouse and never got out. Um, apparently there were a lot of dogs in that house. That's all, that's all the jabs from that take tonight. But yes, I love Landon King and I think he's going to thrive in this system. Daniel, uh, you you bring up an interesting point. I I don't, I don't necessarily know that I agree, but I don't necessarily know that I disagree because we just don't know how Hugh Freeze and company are going to use Landon King. There's just not a lot of, a lot of tape on him. There's not a lot of Intel about how much he's getting used with the ones at practice. We only know what we've seen for 30 minutes or so, call it 45 on a good day. Dylan, if there's, if there's a guy on this roster who can eclipse a thousand yards, I'm going to ask you the same question. Who is he and, and, and where's your head at there? I'm looking at Camden Brown. Uh, you go into the offseason, the leading receiver going uh, ending last year was Javarius Johnson with 493 yards and three touchdowns. And that was a slot guy. I, I think with the Hugh Freeze offense that we've seen in the past, the A.J. Browns of the world, the D.K. Metcalfs were what really solidified those teams. You know, Chad Kelly was a great college quarterback, but could that have been because he had D.K. Metcalf and A.J. Brown? Yes. I think – and in today's era, the wide receiver definitely can make the quarterback. And we've seen that even in the pros, that's how that works. Uh, and it can work in college. I think Camden Brown offers that same star-powered energy, height, speed, strength, go up and get it ability to get there. Uh, I think if you look past him, Coy Moore has been getting a lot of uh, upside to him in the spring practices. Now, they- let me let leave something on the table for me here, Dylan. <laughs> You lit the match. Uh, sorry, Tank Talks football is going to take over when it's football time. <laughs> but uh, he's my second option. Uh, third, uh, Landon King, I want to say I love Landon King, love his ability, love his potential. But like we talked about a little bit before, this has been one of the first weeks we've seen in a hot minute where he's been getting positive uh, con- uh, constructive criticism about him. Uh, he, he's finally been on the plus side of that spring practice talk. I mean, we had a whole show in the Albert Daily about why he, he wasn't even getting first team reps. Uh, but Cam DeBrown is definitely where my head's at. I, I think at, at his height, his his abilities, I mean, he's going to be the go-to receiver from now until he leaves Auburn. I don't disagree with you there, Dylan. And I'm, I'm a little PO'd that you, you just went ahead and just swept the rug on me here. Pull, pull, pulled my, my content up underneath my feet. I'll just go ahead and echo what you said about Cam DeBrown and Coy Moore because in order I have those guys as the – Candidate A, candidate B. So I guess now I have to talk about my candidate C. But I do agree. I think Camden Brown is the guy. I think Daniel brings up an interesting point here, Dill. 
if Landon King is used the way we think Landon King could be used, and, and he is the player that we think he is, don't be surprised if he emerges on that first team and, and emerges as, as one of those premier wide receivers. That being said, I'm very interested in what Nick Mardner brings to the table this year. I don't know that he's a thousand yard guy. I, I, I don't I don't think he is. I but I put him as my as my suspect C for on, on this list, on this hypothetical thousand yard guy. List. I'm just thinking back like February or whatever when I said that he was gonna be in my top five uh, most productive transfers and got laughed at on this podcast. So you didn't laughed at you didn't get laughed at. I got some interesting looks. I'm here to keep the peace, okay? This was before spring started. I'll admit when I'm wrong, okay? I didn't realize that Nick Martin was going to be playing the role that it looks like he's playing with the ones right now. From all from all accounts, Nick Martin is going with the ones. You you've just heard the three guys that we're seeing a lot. It looks like your 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 four guys that you're going to be out receiving receiving catches are are going to be Camden Brown, Coy Moore, Nick Martin and Rivaldo Fairweather. That that looks like your A team, your ones. That being said, Landon King could, could sneak in, that, in there. Nick Martin's frame is interesting. And, and Daniel mentioned this when he when he said he could be one of the top five transfers and, and new additions on this team. I don't know that he's a ton of a, a high point the ball and, and go up and get it over you kind of guy. That's just not what his film, film tells us. But he's quick. He's a good route runner. And, 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 he, and he can get around a, a DB seamlessly, effortlessly. It's the matter of how good are, are his hands going to be. If his hands are as good as, as we're being told they are in practice, this guy could – could grab 600 yards worth of passes this year, and that'd be a great season for him. I'm very interested to see where where, where, where that lands, but I'm, I'm going to back you up here, Dylan. I think Camden Brown is the closest thing you're going to see, if not this year, next year, to a 1,000-yard guy. With that being said, let's try to keep this civil, gentlemen. I know that it's opening day. We're all a little chippy here. Nobody likes the Dodgers. I understand. I'm with you. All right? I, I hear you. The people watching at home that are disgusted by Dylan's outfit, I, I get it. But... There's also an equal number of you that are concerned and want us to talk a little bit about Chance Westry and Johan Treor and Bruce Pearl on the guys. Let's just go ahead and say the facts, what we know. Chance Westry and Johan Treor are effectively out of the program as of right now. Both in the transfer portal could retract their names. Highly doubtful, extremely unlikely. Doesn't happen in basketball. Trey Donaldson tweeted about an hour before we recorded this. So this is yesterday as the show is coming out and said that he's locked in. It's, he didn't say it in those exact words, but it was something to the effect of Auburn family. Let's run it back. Something like that. Uh, Trey's back, which is, which is big. We talked about this in our reaction video, Dylan, there, and, and talked about this on the Auburn daily show earlier on Wednesday about how important it is to bring Trey Donaldson back and, and pairing him with Aiden Holloway, who's going to come up here in just a moment. Daniel, we've not gotten your takes takeaway here on the Chance Western Johan Treor departure. Where's your head at there? Who are you more concerned about, if anyone? And what does this mean for you? Like, what, what do you think this means going forward? Right. So um, my dad said this one time. It's one of my favorite sports takes ever. Uh, this was regarding Indiana Hoosiers. And he said, there's not a uh, – let me restart. He said, there's no such – God, Daniel. Okay. All right. Right now. <laughs> There's no worse teammate than the five-star recruit sitting on the bench. Sure. And that's just always resonated with me. So I, I forget that. who that was about, um, somewhat irrelevant. But it just – and I like Johan. I do. But And I want him to be successful wherever he goes. Sure. But I could just never stop thinking about that. My dad saying that when I was a little kid. Every time that Johan was over there pouting on the bench. Chance? That's a little tougher nut to crack, you know. Um, him and Bruce Pearl got knee surgery together in early October. That's adorable. Uh, I don't really know another adjective for that. Sure. Uh, adorable. Uh, so yeah, just was never able to get going. 
um, decided the week of the Tennessee game that he was officially going to shut it down for the year and um, never suit it up again. So, I mean, I know it was probably just lingering knee issues and he was just never able to get like get off the ground running, but he was supposed to come in and be an ex- excellent combo guard who could do it all. And he's like a top five highest rated Auburn recruit ever, I believe. Maybe not top five. Three? Number three. Okay. As a four star. Yeah. Like that that says a lot. Like he was Oh chance? To... Yeah, chance. Sorry, I was looking at Johan. Oh. Chance yeah. Westry is nine. 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 Still, so top ten. Yeah. Um, so you get the third and the ninth um highest rated recruit in your program's history, and they're both out of the program within a year. I'm not that that's going to say I understand why people are concerned. I really do. However, Sometimes things just don't pan out. Sure. Sometimes you're not in the right program for you. Sometimes you don't have the right players for your system, which that's what really got Auburn this year is the guards that Bruce Pearl had were not the guards that took Auburn to the final four four years ago. Sure. Uh, and obviously I'm not talking from a talent perspective at all. I'm talking from a just pure skill perspective, just they were good at different things. Sure. That team just shot the lights out and ran the score up on everybody. Um, this year's team, they couldn't defend. They couldn't win. Sure. And we saw that a lot. So I, I w- I'm I, trying to see the positive here. And I think we're up to five or six scholarship spots that we can fill now. Um, Aiden Holloway's coming in, so that takes out one. But that's plenty of room for – Bruce and Mike Burgermaster, Ira Bowman, and um, Wes Flanagan go cook in the portal, assuming they're all still here. If there's been talks to Wes Flanagan, the Ole Miss, um, talked about Bowman going somewhere, but Mike Burgermaster's here to stay. We talked about that. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where my head's at. I, I, sorry, that was a very long-winded answer, but... No, fine. I, I, I'm I glad you, you... Dylan and I have kind of broke this down extensively, and and if you if you want to hear Dylan and I's takes, you can check out a reaction video to Chance, uh, Chance and Johan entering the transfer portal. That being said, uh, Dylan, go ahead you want, if you want to chime in real quick. I saw an interesting tweet earlier by uh, AU Propaganda where they Perfect. compared... I don't, It's not a very credible source, but it's an interesting tweet. Comparing Johan Treyor... To the to be the Byron Cowart of basketball. Wow, as in a just nowhere close to as advertised. I don't know. I don't know that. We I, I don't know if I agree with it. It's I interesting. Don't think I do, but it's a very interesting take that I thought needed to be mentioned at least somewhere. I'll go ahead and I say mean, this. The parallels are there. Like Cowart was is still to this day, I believe, the number one um, recruit, like ranked recruit, Auburn's ever had. Yep. And didn't even play his college days out there. Played for the Patriots and at the next level for a few years, but just didn't really reach that those plateaus that he was supposed to. And then transferred out three years or two years in. Right, and obviously it is way, way, way too early to say Traor won't reach those levels, but just not here. Yeah, I I I agree with that. And this is actually a perfect segue. I will throw this in real quick. I think Wes Flanagan to Ole Miss is pretty much a lock. Um, Just just talking to people um, around the program, Auburn program, Ole Miss program. I'm not even going to act like I have sources because I don't uh, just, it, it, it sounds like it's a non-zero chance. Let me, let me, let me go and put that out there. I don't know that it's a lock for sure, but I, I think there's a higher chance that Wes is at Ole Miss than not. That being said, Daniel, you mentioned you were counting scholarship spots. I'm just going to go ahead and, 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 and put this out there about guys, spots that we know that are open now. You got 
you got Chance and Johan spots. Those are open now. And, and we'll go and subtract one of those and, and just leave it at net one because of the uh, addition of Aiden Holloway, who we're about to talk about here in a moment. In theory, you could have Alan Flanagan leave. And if Wes is tra- is taking a job elsewhere, you would think that Alan will enter the portal and follow his dad, which, you know, do what you got to do. I, I, I'm not here to throw shade. Uh, Jalen Williams potentially uh, exit. I think there'll be NBA interest for Jalen Williams. Uh, I think Janai Broom stays back, so I, I don't think that matters. But you're getting a, a scholarship spot from Stretch Akinbola this year. You're getting a, a scholarship spot from Lior Berman this year. So there's you five scholarship spots to play with for Bruce Pearl in the portal. This team's going to look significantly different. But I think it could look even more different. I don't know that we're done. Guys, we you, you you tell me real quick. I'm just going to throw out a couple of names here that I think we should watch for the portal. And I'll let you guys tell me where, where your heads are at about who else you're watching to, to hit the portal and leave the Auburn program. KD Johnson feels uh, liable. That, that feels like a possibility. And that's not me throwing shade. I just don't know how he plugs in. Because you've got Trey Donaldson, I think that's a better KD Johnson, uh, it, and and in his skill set for that matter, and Wendell Green Jr. I know, I know that that's going to hurt some people's feelings, and that's probably going to be some good clickbait for you, Dylan. Good by all means, go ahead. I don't know how he plugs into this guard room with Aiden Holloway, and I don't know that you start him over Trey Donaldson. Uh, so there's 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 a lot of conversation there. I'll, I'll open this. Whoever wants it first. Who else are you guys watching to not be with the program, whether that be the NBA draft, transfer portal, what what have you? Whoever wants it, go ahead. Um, honestly, those two really come to mind. Um, <laughs> Will Cruz and I were kind of talking about this uh, in the office over at the the um, Observer earlier. Um, I don't really know how much Dylan Cardwell contributes um, next year if things go like they could. So, I mean, obviously everyone loves the Jumbotron man until he gets on the court, then those feelings die down quick. Um, and yeah, like those alley-oops are fun, but the highs are high and the lows are low with Dylan Cardwell. Sure. So if there's another big man out there who, you know, is just a little bit better at basketball, I think I would rather have him. I don't know that Dylan's for sure gone. I think that he's more likely to stay than Jalen Williams, whether that be via the draft or the portal, just because of Dylan's allegiance to Auburn. And and I know that God knows I am critical of Dylan Cardwell. I don't know that it hurts to have him coming off your bench again next year. You, I don't think you can start him. Dylan, go ahead. Yeah, I think Dylan Cardwell stays. Uh, I'd be surprised to see Wendell and Katie leave. I mean, Katie's kind of owned that whole bench role that he is he played last year so i could see him definitely staying for that sure uh window green has played the bench role if he i i think he's loyal enough to auburn to where he would stay i uh, would be shocked if window left uh, uh maybe a little bit but not a lot uh, i think of the of the three mentioned he's probably the most likely but i'm also looking past those three looking deeper into the bench uh stretch hiking bola i think is going to be on his way out uh, I don't. Oh, stretch is gone. Stretch is gone. Yeah, but could... he, he's on. He's on scholarship though. Yeah. No, I already counted him as a scholarship opener. Yeah. Goodbye. I, no. No offense to, to stretch. Really, wish him the best. Hope he uses his extra year of eligibility somewhere. Really do. Just not at Auburn. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I kind of hope, and for Wendell Green's sake, if if you want to see him perform well as a starter somewhere else, then let him go. But I also don't think. 
BPs on the same route as I'm going to let this guy who I've entrusted as my go-to three-point shooter last two years just kind of go away in the wind. Uh, I, I think of of the three is most likely, but I don't know. I, I feel like these two are kind of the deepest Auburn goes transferring. I feel like Flanagan should be more of a, a draft guy. So should Jay will. Uh, Flanagan has the talent to go get drafted. It, G League somewhere. Land should have left after 2020. That's a statement of fact. I mean, yeah, you're not. Yeah, I don't that. see how anyone on this green earth could argue that. I just don't. Uh, I just don't want anybody else to go on this. Just with me. I I get it. I get it. Let's let's keep talking about a guy we, that we know is going to be in Auburn this year. Let's talk about Aiden Holloway and in his performance in the McDonald's All American game. And if you guys didn't get to see it, I'm sorry. It was fun. Uh, it was the most competitive and defensive uh, McDonald's All American game at the end I have ever seen. I thought this game was going to overtime, and I didn't realize they played overtime in the McDonald's All American game until they mentioned if it's tied, they will go to overtime. I was like, what the hell? It's an All Star game. But this was uh, this was a fun one. And and we talked today on the Auburn Daily Show. Dylan and I did, um, Daniel about how Aiden Holloway in a game where it was titled the legacy game and, and Bronny James is there and LeBron's courtside. And, and, and to be fair, he has been a pretty good job of not making it all about Bronny. And, and I was, I was pretty impressed and happy with that, but in, in a, in, in, in a world and in, on a platform like that, Aiden Holloway still found a way to make his presence known. That's big one. Two, he dropped 15 in 14 minutes played on the court. 17, uh, this- 17 points, four assists, two rebounds. Okay, thank you. I thought I thought it was fifteen, and um, but then that, that's in fourteen minutes of game time. Game time, though, yeah. I didn't speak on that front. Thirteen or fourteen, yeah. Yeah, he was not given a ton of minutes, and the kid just flat out balled out. He's going to be a, a, a threat from range and a threat from all three levels. Something that Auburn fans should be excited about, Daniel. I know that it's hard to <laughs> to take away from an, a performance in an All Star game. I understand the defense is not not the precedent. But it's got to be a little encouraging, right, from from an Auburn fan perspective, that the bright lights of, let's be honest, the McDonald's All-American game is the pinnacle of high school basketball. The bright lights didn't seem to bother him, and he just balled out. Yeah. um, Whenever you have something where all eyes are on you, it's going to show something, whether, you know, the defense is fully in your face or not. Like you said, LeBron James is sitting courtside. Um, Ronnie James is running up and down the floor with you. Like, there's a lot of – like, that's a lot. Like, that's a challenge. And he played great. And he did awesome. Dylan, and I'm so, so excited. I'm so pumped to have this kid, the Garden of Aiden, on on on, on the on the, on the the hardwood for Auburn. I want to name a couple of McDonald's All-Americans before we talk women's hoops, but something we're all very, very excited to hear. But let's just look at the Auburn – just off the top of my head, I don't even have it in front of me. The McDonald's All-Americans that have played for Auburn, if you're looking for some promise – Walker Kessler, Jabari Smith Jr., Isaac Okoro, Sharif Cooper. Daniel Locke. Daniel Locke, yes. Uh, Do I need to go any further? This is just under Bruce Pearl. Those are guys that have panned out. (laughs) Those are guys that have worked. And and, and this this being named to a McDonald's All-American typically works in your favor. I'm not going to wood. I'm not jinxing Aiden. But the numbers of that program alone don't lie it's a very big week and a beneficial week to the, for those guys they learn a lot while they're there something to be excited for something else auburn basketball fans should be fired up for guys she's back honestly honestly scott grayson magically pulled an a-, a year of eligibility out of thin air uh apparently she had her covid year took a red shirt in 2020 didn't even realize that happened 
and uh, don't don't really know how that even wound up working out. But she'll be back with the program. That was a player we counted on being gone, and that is huge for Auburn women's basketball because I think that instantly sets you up much better, guys, for the 23-24 campaign. Your thoughts? Yeah, so we thought that – and there will still be a lot of turnover um, for various reasons, right? But this is huge. This is a guard with who's been in the program for five years. Like, this will be her sixth, and she can do it all. There's not an area of a basketball court that, honestly, Scott Grayson cannot control. And you've got that veteran presence to teach the inevitably going to be a very young team, perhaps even younger than it was this year. Like, that's huge. Um, This is such a huge deal for Coach Jay. Big time. Dylan, the impact of keeping a ball handler and a shooter like, honestly, Scott Grayson. Uh, I mean, I retweet everything that's been said is huge. Uh, we go into uh, an offseason where we've already had two or three departures already for the transfer portal. And you're sitting there left wondering, like, uh, we were talking about it uh, two shows ago, where should we be worried? Should uh, should we be freaking out a little bit? Because at that point, we already assumed that uh, Honesty was going to the league. Uh, we thought she was already used up all the eligibility she had. Apparently, you know, hey, y'all got any more of the eligibility? Uh, years. Uh, verbal meme. Verbal meme. Uh, I I mean, you bring back honesty, and hopefully you bring back Aisha, and you have a pretty solid duo right there. And all that's left to do is fill up the rest of the squad with some transfer acquisitions and pick up some more uh, high school uh, enrollees. You already have the two, the two big ones we've talked about, the six foot four, six foot five centers. I wish I had their names on on hand. I do not. Uh, but I mean that leaves like two more roles to fill. Uh, fill up. Uh, you have your incoming freshman already from the class of twenty two. Uh, I mean I, I feel like Coach Jay has it in good hands right now with honesty staying. Couldn't agree more, Dylan. And uh, excited for the future of that program, and much more encouraged about the twenty three twenty four campaign. Staying on the topic of women's athletics here at Auburn, very very big weekend for Auburn gymnastics. Daniel, walk us through the NCAA regionals. Tell us where your head's at, where Auburn's chances are, who's healthy, who's not, and how the Tigers get it done. So I really don't have a ton to say. Um, (laughs) SUNY should be good to go. Um, Obviously, you have Darion Goborn, Cassie Stevens, Sophia Groth, Olivia Hollingsworth, Aria Brush. The list goes on and on. And as Jeff Grave has been saying all year, it is so, so important to be deep in this sport, and I could not agree with that take more. Auburn's heading out to L.A. UCLA is there. Um, Gosh, I can't remember. I want to say Utah is there. Utah's there. Um, Is Oklahoma there? Your first first regional matchups are are going to be against Utah, Washington, and Southern Utah. Yeah. Not a cakewalk. No, not at all. Got to bring your best stuff, but you'd like to think that Auburn, if they're at full strength, that they've got a good shot. Yeah, I mean, sure. Um, you would definitely like to think that. Uh, you're not wrong. But kind of, I don't know. Um, they The team's late to Mex this year. Like, I, I hate to say it, but, I mean, just calling spade to spade, there have been some meets that, you know, were less than ideal. Lackluster. Lackluster. Have they won without SUNY? Yes. But you beat Kentucky without SUNY. I think they won them. Maybe they lost that. No, they lost the Kentucky meet. Okay, they lost that. You beat Penn State without SUNY, but Penn State's just not very good. 
Sure. Um, you lost to Missouri without SUNY. That that's another team. Like everyone in the SEC is good, but Missouri's not near the level that you know Utah and UCLA are. Sure. Um, that that meet will be at four o'clock is uh, Central Time as this show is coming out on Thursday. So very excited to check that out. I'll be as soon as I get off work, I will be glued to the TV, getting ready for some SEC uh, gymnastics. Or I guess collegiate national scale gymnastics should be a ton of fun. Let's keep it, keep the ball rolling here, guys. And we're not in a huge rush here. We can always run over if need be. Let's talk a little bit about Auburn baseball. They delivered an absolute butt whooping uh, to UNA on Tuesday. Is it, is it Wednesday? Yeah. It's Tuesday. Sorry. I, I don't even know what day it is anymore, man. It all kind of just blurs together. You know what I'm saying? But they delivered an absolute thumping uh, 14 to one in seven innings. UNA raised the white flag and said, we're done. Wow. It's crazy what this team can do when they're healthy. Yeah, um, Drew Nelson was shoving last night. Oh my God. Seven innings pitched, uh, seven strikeouts, one walk, one run allowed off three hits. Not looking at anything that was off the dome. That's impressive. Look at you. Um, I was covering this game on behalf of the Plainsman, so I had a pretty good view of everything that was going on. Like I said, Drew was shoving. Um, the offense was – this is probably the best offensive performance Auburn's had in a while. Um, the only inning that they didn't score anything was the fourth. And in the bottom of the fifth inning, Ike Irish had a three-run shot in the deep left center. And that was his second of the year. The home runs are going to come for Ike. And he said in the post-game press conference that home runs aren't his priority. Winning is, which I love that mentality. I, I really, really do. And like Briella said when we had her on the show a few weeks ago, when you're trying to hit a home run, you're not going to do it. Right. So I love his head being where it is. Um. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just, I'm very, and I know it's just North Alabama, but that's a solid team. That That's a solid little program. Yeah. They're, they're not too great this year, but you took this care of them in the fashion that you needed to take, take care of them. That's what's important. Yeah. Dylan, tell me real quick, what does a successful weekend look like in Gainesville uh, for, for Auburn? You know, three game setting, it's the number two team in the country. And these, these Gators are for real, man. I think they're college world series contenders. What is a su- successful weekend for Butch and the boys uh, if, if they can sneak out of there and, and, and not get swept? Uh, I'm going to say my same answer for Arkansas. I, I think I have to, at this point, uh, one, one win is a win. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a terrible quote, but. That's just where my head's at right now. Uh, yeah, they beat the Everloving Snot at a UNA, but we've also seen them struggle in the past against uh, not as bad opponents. Uh, and Florida is for real. Uh, look out. Uh, if you can get one win, I'm fine with that. I feel like you're back on the right path. Uh, but two, I don't think two wins, three wins, I think that's too much to ask for right now. I could not agree more, uh, but I mean, the things that this team has, has done offensively have been nothing short of special. So definitely it's it's possible that you walk into Gainesville and you win too. If you win too, that's a tremendous success, right, Daniel? That's huge. Walk, um, walk away, just not completely obliterated. Yeah. A very highly ranked team. Um, I want to say they're like top five. Florida? Yeah. Number two team in the country. Okay. All right. I yeah. thought I remembered writing that at some point. I just wanted to make sure. They are different. Yeah. This is a good ball club. Um, and you gotta play them on the road, which is and always tough. It's 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 a, d- a difficult one. If you can get hits from guys not named Bryson, uh D- Justin or uh, or Ike, I think you're in decent shape. So We'll we'll move over to softball real quick, Dylan, and uh get 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 go get rolling on their set coming up this weekend against Ole Miss. 
Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Yeah, guys, we were just talking a little bit about Auburn softball and their chances. Before we were on the air, we talked a little bit about what this weekend looks like against Ole Miss at Jane B. Moorefield. I know the broadcast said it was at it was in Oxford. It's not. It's very much. I hope you like that voice crack. It's not. It's very much at Jane B. Moorefield. But first and foremost, let's talk a little bit about Auburn's 10-0 victory over the Sanford Bulldogs in Birmingham. This That was tonight as this is being recorded yesterday as the show comes out. Guys, what a dominant offensive performance and a dominant just shutout from Matty Penta. Dylan, I know you had been having fun watching this one. I definitely did. Uh, I, one thing that would have made it better is if uh, Miss Bambrino had hit a home run, but she did. But she hit it about 10 feet to the left, which was a foul ball, which she's been hitting a lot of as of recent. Uh, I tweeted out that she'd have 20 home runs if uh, she hit the ball fair. But what a great performance from two specific individuals uh Lindsay Garcia who tied her career high for RBIs with five this game had a home run uh had a two RBI ground out <laughs> and uh she also hit a three RBI uh double which was nice very nice very nice indeed uh sorry one RBI on the uh ground out I believe yeah but also Maddie Pinta what a great all-round performance from her after the first inning uh she a little sloppy uh, but, uh, coach, uh, Dean, sorry, my brain just went empty there for a second. Brain fart. Mickey Dean went over the, to the pitching mound and talked her straight. And then she didn't let up a single run, uh, rarely let up someone on base. Uh, it wasn't until I believe the seventh inning uh, from the first to the seventh inning, second to sixth, not a single. There were only five innings in this five game innings. and she only pitched four of them, but go on. Told you my brain's not working. Uh, but I mean, even then, uh, from the. Second to the fourth inning, sorry, not a single runner was on base. Uh, uh, Weidra just kind of it kind of just happened and just it happens. Uh, but just all around great game. Hopefully, it's a great standing ground for what c- comes on Friday. <laughs> Dylan, I mean, excuse me, Daniel, rather, my apologies. How big of a, a of a deal is it to have Maddie Penta and Annabelle Weidra come in and and give up a combined one hit? I mean, Maddie Penta gave up. Two base on balls, it happens, but but fanned eight and 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 gave up no hits in her four innings. And then Annabelle Weidra comes in and gives up one hit and then uh, one walk and still keeps keeps Sanford at bay. You run rule an opponent on the road and then you get ready for another SEC matchup. How do you build off this? What does Auburn take away? And let's be honest here, guys, the Rebs are kind of bad right now. They've they've struggled in the, in the SEC to this point. Only one win in the in the conference. This has got to be an opportunity, right? Yeah, I um did a compiled list of SEC softball power rankings for the Auburn Wire last night, and Ole Miss was in dead last, and I have Auburn at the four spot. So, um, a lot has to or let me start. 
some things have to go right this weekend. The main thing is if they if the Tigers stay healthy, I don't see a world where this isn't a sweep. There's certainly possibilities, but you but you want to play your best brand of softball, be able to get some some arms and and, and legs in there that that maybe have not seen SEC reps yet, uh, right, sure. SEC innings. Uh, but this is certainly the opportunity to do so. If you can sweep back-to-back series in the SEC, even even if you're knocking around, I would assume Missouri was probably second to last in your power rankings, Daniel, because Missouri's pretty pretty smelly and bad. But you you, you take those Power Five and SEC conference wins where you can get them, and and sweeping any opponent is just not an easy feat. This is a weekend that you can get it done. Dylan, are you ready to project a? Are you are you feeling good about projecting a three-game sweep of the Ole Miss Rebels? Uh, I feel pretty good about it. Uh, I feel like I need to tweet at uh, Emily Ellis to make sure that she's also on board with the sweep because she called it last time. So I, I probably need to ask her expertise, get her on the show to talk about that because if she agrees, I'm going to agree because she's one for one on uh, calling a sweep. You're so correct. Uh, yeah, she's 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 just on it, I guess, to, 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 the, to this point. <laughs> she's She's been pretty, pretty, pretty consistent in, in that department. That being said, that's all we've got today for the College Loop. So, Daniel, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you, love you, support you. So, written work, all sorts of places. The Observer, Auburn Wire. Every now and again, I'll fill in for uh, Harrison Tar on the Auburn Daily. All three Auburn student media outlets. And it's opening day. I'm going to plug my baby, the Ocular Report. <laughs> Been with them. This will be my fourth season with YWR. Good vibes. Cannot wait to start writing for my beloved Red Sox. Daniel, excited to be talking about his Red Sox. I'm excited to be talking more about Auburn athletics on the Auburn Daily Show every Wednesday and Friday. Wednesday with Dylan Lark, Friday with the legendary Lindsey Crosby. My written work's also at the Auburn Daily. And speaking of some professional baseball work coming up very soon, the Braves today very excited to be joining over there at that group similar faces familiar faces and new places very excited for some new adventures there you can also check out more of my tweets i forgot to plug my twitter and uh, daniel i think you did too daniel at daniel j lock on twitter so i'll go ahead and throw that one out there for you my twitter handle is at by harrison tar like you're like you're reading my byline you can also find me on the college loop right here every tuesday thursday and sunday before dylan gets us out of here i want to remind you guys if you're watching the youtube version make sure you like subscribe ring the bell and stay up to date with everything going on here at the college loop let us know in the comments does auburn have a 1000 yard receiver on its roster this year we want to hear from you guys if you guys have some hot takes we want to share them we want to talk about them this is as interactive as it can be daniel i know you have something to say you're raising your hand go right ahead if you're on youtube comment your favorite mlb team i love that yeah no let's let's see what our fan base looks like and boo this man dylan for for wearing his dodgers gear dylan go ahead and get us out of here happy opening day to everybody (laughs) stay safe celebrate your team's win or loss uh, or commiserate safely and responsibly dylan get us out of here Yeah, I'm Dylan Lark, at your boy The Tank on Twitter. It's at Y-A-B-O-I The Tank. On Twitter, you can also watch as I make a lot of people mad, like I do just by sitting here on this <laughs> show. Catch me on the Auburn Daily Show every Monday with Lance Daw and Wednesday with Harrison Tarr, or Friday covering for Harrison Tarr whenever he chooses not to go on the show. <laughs> and also catch me, me. I gotta tell Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> and catch me on the College Loop every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, like Tarr said. Follow us literally everywhere, Spotify, and Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Social media is you got YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Also catch us on YouTube Shorts as well. And a new one coming soon. Yeah, well, not MySpace, if that's what you're thinking. We are not on there no, just no, yet. Not MySpace. <laughs> With all being said, it's been the Cogley Podcast and Go Dodgers.